Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Amen. Lift your hands with me. Let's worship the Lord. Holy, holy, Lord, you are worthy. And I'm honored to take your Thank you for your power. Thank you for your healing anointing. Thank you for your saving anointing. Thank you for your restoring abilities. We worship you and we welcome your power, your presence here today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. 
to have your way, to heal our lives, Lord, to teach us, to feed us, that we may do your will, and that we may please you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you thanks, and everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song. What a healing Jesus I found in you. What a healing Jesus. What a healing Jesus. Refresh. touch and to save and to heal everyone right now in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen. amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord first Corinthians chapter 13 we are going to begin a new series I all right we're going to begin something new if we were doing something before we just suspend that and then we carry on with this one the subject or the title of the series is Faith, Hope, and Love. Faith, Hope, and Love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we want to look at verse 13. Now abideth, have you found it? The subject is Faith, Hope, and Love. Now, you are God's farm, garden, or God's place where he puts his seed amen. amen so whatever is sown into you if it is mixed with faith that is what will come out of you are you listening to me in other words if your pastor preaches faith to your life if he preaches prosperity if he preaches hope there will be a harvest of those things coming out of you are you understanding what i'm saying all right so faith, hope, and love. I'm preaching very good things so that very good things will come out of you. Faith, hope, and love. For the next four weeks or so, we'll be on this. 
And now abideth, have you found it? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the last verse, verse 13. Now abideth faith, hope, and charity, or love, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Let's all read it together. Amen. There abideth, in other words, there are in existence these three forces. Amen. The force of faith, the force of hope, and the force of love. The greatest of these forces is the force of love. Amen. All right. Are you with me? I'll say it again in another way. There are or there exist three attitudes, if you want to call them attitudes. I'm giving them different names. First, I call it a force. There abideth faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. There are three attitudes, if you like. Faith, attitude, hope, hopeful attitude, and a love or loving attitude. And the greatest of these is the love. Amen. Again, we can call them a spirit or spirits. There are three spirits. Spirit of faith, spirit of hope, spirit of love. The greatest is the spirit of love. Amen. Now, these three forces are interconnected, intertwined. Are you listening to me? And they are very, 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 very important. The most, the greatest is love. Now, it may be the greatest. There are others. Every one of them has a very, very important role to play in your life. Amen. And that is why I'm sharing about it, because it's so important. They must be in your life. You must, you, you see, you must be a believing person. It is better than to be a doubting person. A pastor must preach faith. And must preach positive things. Because you will reap those things from the congregation. I remember when I was in Colombia preaching. You know, every, every time I preach, I preach it in two parts. I didn't say... I was preaching in two parts, but I, was, I knew that I was preaching in two parts. I preached, the first part was what we call salvation, which is actually not salvation. There's more to salvation. Salvation means much more than what we call salvation. But what we call salvation is like the, 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 the acknowledgement that you are a sinner, give your life to Jesus, be born again. I preached that part first. And then the second part, I preached that Christ was a healer. And that he was going to heal them. And that he was going to deliver them. And I tell you, as soon as I started in the second part, at times there were like screams in the congregation, in the crowd. At times there were like, you could see like a movement. At times, during the, those times, people would come out of wheelchairs. As soon as I moved into that part, it was as though they were waiting for it. I remember one time, one of the days I was preaching, Four different people came out of wheelchairs. And I, I didn't start praying for the sick. I, I, be, I was preaching, and I, I got to the point, I was saying that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, is the same today. What he did yesterday, he will do today. 
And people were coming out of the pulpit, and they would bring the wheelchair and put it on the stage. And I hadn't finished preaching at all. I hadn't finished preaching at all. And they'll bring another wheelchair to the stage, and another wheelchair, and another wheelchair, until there were four wheelchairs on the stage. But you see, it got to the point where I was now talking and preaching healing and preaching deliverance. And I began to reap a harvest of healing and deliverance from the congregation. So what you preach is what you get. Now, if your pastor comes along to you and is always preaching negative things, you know, God is angry with you. God is going to deal with you. If you, you, you God is going to break your neck. Uh, punishment is going to come your way. You are going to get, you are going to die before your time and so on. Those are the things that we are going to get. Now, what happens is that people look around at the circumstances of life and they see bad things. You see, when you, you live in this life, you see a lot of bad things happening. Because of that, you can easily not preach a positive message as a pastor. Number two, I mean, I'm a pastor. I've buried young people. I've buried people who, were, who died before the age of 70. I've buried people that I wouldn't want to bury. I've cried over people. I've seen things that happened that I wish would never happen. Are you listening to me? That can make you become a doubting person and make you preach and speak negative things. You see people divorce that you would not expect to divorce or want to divorce. If you don't take care, you become negative. So I'm saying this to let you know why I am sharing some of the things I'm sharing with you. I'm sharing positive things with you because as I minister faith, hope, and love to you, faith, hope, and love are going to come into your life. Are you listening to me? Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And faith is important. Faith is important. I mean, you can't even be saved without faith. <laughs> what are you going to do in this world without faith? You can't even be saved. Ephesians 2 says that by faith are you saved through grace. You can't, you can't even live. You can't even be a Christian. You can't even live for God. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 38 that the just shall live by his faith. So you can't even live, do live a Christian life. You can't even walk the Christian walk because the Bible says we shall walk by faith and not by sight. So faith is so important. Faith, hope, and love. I'm going to show you there. The Bible says there abideth. These three exist. They are very important forces, attitudes, spirit, whatever you want to call them. The Bible didn't say what they are. It said that there abideth. That means there are in existence these three things. You cannot even have victory. The Bible said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if you're going to have breakthroughs in this life, victory in this life, victory over your enemies, victory over the things that come against you, you are going to need to have faith. Because the Bible says clearly in 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So faith, what, what I'm preaching to you, what I'm telling you is so important. Because without it, you cannot serve God. In fact, you can't even please God. You can't make God happy. Because the Bible says that for without faith, it is impossible to please God. You remember that one too? Hebrews 11 verse 6. You can't even please. So you think you cannot even make God happy. You cannot even be pleasing to God unless you are a person with faith. And that's why I'm sharing with you things about faith, about hope and love. That's why I'm preaching love to you so that you have love one for another. Amen. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one to another. Hallelujah. Amen. So faith, hope, and love, how are these related? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. 
And I want to just show you there is a relationship between faith, hope, and love. And you must understand that these three forces work together. You cannot have faith without having hope. And you cannot have faith without having love. Amen. Because they are in existence together. Now, faith, hope, and love, you can take faith to be the central piece and surrounded by hope and love. Love on the left, hope on the right, faith in the middle. Okay? Have you got that picture? Faith, hope, and love. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Are you with me? Are you with me? All right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, here you, you see the relationship between faith and hope. It says that faith is the substance, or what does another version say? The assurance of things you are hoping for. Hope has to do with the future. Hope has to do with things that are out there for one day in the sweet by and by. But faith is the thing that brings those things in the future down into the present. And faith is the assurance of the things you are hoping for. Or the substance, the substance of things you are believing God for. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me today? So you must understand that faith, you cannot have faith without having hope. Because having faith is giving substance to things you are hoping for. And so you must have hope before you can have faith. You must have hope that something is in the future and then faith will tell you it is now. And faith will bring it into the now for you. Are you listening to me? So if you have hope for a, a, a new car, hope for a new pair of shoes, hope for this, you will never receive it today or in the now in your life. But when you begin to have faith, the thing that you are hoping for will move from the distant future and come into the present time. Are you understanding? So if you are hopeless, I hope that I'll be healed. I hope that I'll be blessed. I hope that God is going to answer my prayer. I can assure you God is not going to answer your prayer. But if you believe, you understand, and believe, you see, in Mark 11, it says if you believe that you receive, or the NIV and some of the other versions will tell you, you believe that you have received now, then faith is now telling you that now I believe now that I have what I am believing or hoping for in the future. Now I believe that it is now. Amen. So hope is really reserved for certain things which I'm going to share with you. I'm going to, today I'm really talking about hope. But I'm just coming to that. I hope we can get there. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, love is also linked to faith and hope. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Can you find Galatians? It's somewhere. Let's read verse 4. Christ is become of no effect. Amen. Unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the spirit of faith wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Verse 6. Galatians chapter 5. Everybody. 
whoever you are, please find your Bible, take note of it, underline verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. Amen? But faith which worketh by love. Alright? Faith which does what? Worketh by love. In other words, faith works or operates by love. Hallelujah. So faith is related to love. And love is patient, is kind, is joy, peace, and so on. Love is, ki- love is kind. That's not taking into account the wrong suffered. Love forgives. That is the nature of Christian love. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? And so faith, your faith, cannot and will not work unless you operate in love. If you go to somebody's car and ask you, what does your car work by? Does it work by petrol? Does it work by diesel? Does it work by water? And they say it works through petrol. And you put in diesel, it is not going to work. It will not work because it does not work with diesel. It works with petrol. And so if you're exercising faith and you don't walk in love or live and love life, a life of Christian love. When I say Christian, I don't mean falling in love with somebody, somebody's daughter or somebody's son. I'm talking or somebody's husband or wife. I'm talking about the Christian divine agape love we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Are you here or you've gone home? Are you here or you've traveled? All right. So we need to have faith, but faith is the assurance of something you are hoping for. And faith that you will exercise also works through and by love. In other words, without love in your life, your faith will not work. That's why some people's faith doesn't work. They are exercising, they are confessing, they are saying things, but they are wicked, unforgiving, unloving. They hate themselves, they hate their brother, they hate their sisters, they quarrel all the time. There's no kindness, there's no patience, there's no, unfor- there's no forgiveness. There are no Christian virtues in their lives. And that is why their faith, their prayers, their confessions do not work. Because faith works by love. And so love is a key to your victory. Love is very important to your breakthrough. Because your faith will only work by love. And without faith, you cannot have your victory. Because the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You cannot please God, because the Bible says, without faith, you cannot please God. You cannot do, you cannot live for God, because the Bible says that just shall live by his faith. You cannot live the Christian life. You cannot walk the Christian walk. You cannot even be saved without faith, because by faith you are saved. So if you don't have faith, you cannot have any of these things. And the faith too, it works by love. And the faith too is the assurance of hopes that you have. So if you don't have hopes, you cannot have faith. And if you don't have love, your faith too cannot work. And so these three abide. Amen. And they are part of our Christian life. And we must have them in our lives. Amen. Are you understanding me? Upstairs, are you here or you are thinking about your Gary at home? Okay. Now, I am saying this for you to have a foundation, for you to understand what the relationship between faith, between hope, and between love is. What the relationship between these three things are. Because God wants to take us into a higher dimension. Amen. How many want to experience victories in your life? Hallelujah. How many want to ex- please God in your life? How many, want to pre- How many want to live the Christian life? 
Oh yes, hallelujah. And God wants you to live the Christian life. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to please him. He wants you to do his will, to do his work. And you cannot please God unless you have faith, which is the assurance of your hope and which works by love. Amen. Now, let us take hope because faith has to start with hope. And then after that, the faith will be there. And then after that, it will work by love. So let's start with hope. Amen. Now hope, let me give you the definition of hope. And I'm going to give you this, this, these definitions based on various scriptures that can be found in the word of God. Amen. Number one, faith, a hope, are you there? Hope is something you exercise for things that are in the future. All right? You exercise for things in the future. All right? So everything you have hoped for, are you listening to me? Everything you have hoped for, you are having a spiritual force being exercised for something that is out there in the future. Amen. All right? So there are two main things that Christians exercise pure hope for. Hope which never turns into faith. Because your hope can become faith. But hope which stays as hope and cannot be turned into faith because you cannot bring that thing from the future into the, into the now. And so I'm giving you two things that hope is used for in the Christian life. Two main things that hope is used for. One is to expect the return of Christ. Amen. It is the spiritual thing in you that you use to expect the return of Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Titus chapter 2. And um, we want to read... Verse, from verse number 11. I love this pa passage of scripture. Please turn in your Bible to this part of the scripture. Titus chapter 2, verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Amen. Has the grace appeared? Verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed what? That blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. All right? So our hope of Christ's return in the sky is one of the major hopes that we have as Christians. And it can never be converted into faith. You cannot have, you cannot have the assurance that Christ has returned now. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? You cannot believe that Christ, I believe that Christ is, has returned at this very moment. And, and make Christ come now. No. That, that you cannot do. But you can make your husband come from the future to now by your faith. He may be in the future, but you can believe that he has arrived in your life. How many understand what I'm talking about? So this is one of the traditional hopes that we have in Christ, the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? The next is our hope for heaven. Colossians chapter 1. Turn with me to Colossians. Turn with me in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, verse 4, 5, for the hope, for the what? For the what? For the what? For the hope, amen, which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye have heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel. Are you listening to me? So we have a hope, Pastor Tiaku, for things in heaven, treasures, gold, silver, whatever it is. We don't really know. Amen. Are you listening to me? The things that are waiting for you in heaven, you cannot fathom, you cannot understand, you cannot imagine. Let me tell you, 20, 100, 200 years ago, Nobody would have imagined when you told him about a television. He couldn't understand. You take somebody from a village who's never seen a TV before. You tell him that there will be a box in your room. And in that box will be people. And the people will be dancing. And they'll be singing. And they'll be talking. And the people will be far away. And when they talk and they sing and they dance, you'll be able to see them and you'll be able to hear them. They will not understand what you're talking about. You tell them that you have a little box you hold in your hand. And when you talk, you can talk to somebody 10,000 miles away in Australia, and you can hear his voice clear, crystal clear. You don't understand what you are saying. So when the Bible talks about things that we are going to have in heaven, the Bible talks about a white stone. It talks about our robes. And some of these things, we, we, we think they are, you know, in, on earth, when we give you a white robe, it's like you are from a spiritual church. You see, it's, it's like it's not any, any major thing. It's not any important. It's a crown. I mean, what is a crown? If you give me a their television or video, I prefer to a crown. For the crown, I just wear it and I don't see, even, when you wear a crown, you, cry, you can't see, it's only the person who is, I mean, looking at you who can see it. So, you know, some of the things in heaven, we, we think they are not, but I tell you, there are wild things waiting for you in heaven. Amen. And so we have a hope, those of you who are living for God, serving the Lord, you have a great hope out there waiting for you. And you cannot believe for the things in heaven to come on earth. They are not going to come. They are there and they are waiting for you. So your hope is for those things out there in heaven. Amen. The next hope is the hope of the resurrection. That is another thing you cannot bring. So this actually, there are three important hopes. I, I told you two, but actually three important hopes that are going to be in your life. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God, amen, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Let's all read it together. Read louder than your neighbor. Verse 3, ready, go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Notice in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the Lord God of Jesus Christ, who has begotten us again unto a lively hope. God has given us a living hope. Amen. Through the resurrection of Christ. Now, those of you who've never had anybody die close to you, you may not understand what I'm talking about. But when you put a loved one into the ground, you need hope. It's one of the most hopeless things that can ever happen is to see a loved person die. I have stood by graves where families just wave their hands at the grave in desperation, in anger, in frustration, as they look at their loved one, as they were leaving their loved one in the cemetery. What a useless thing. It's one of the hopeless things in this life is to stand at the graveside and put somebody you love away. You know, huh? you have to experience it to understand what I'm talking about. And so the Bible says that in Christ, we have a living hope. And that living hope has come through the resurrection of Christ. We do not bury people without hope when we are in Christ. When we are in Christ, we bury people with hope. With hope that we shall see them again. With hope that they shall rise from the dead. We ourselves, we drive by the cemeteries we shall one day be buried in. But we drive by them with hope. Knowing that we shall not remain there forever. I said we shall not remain there forever. Amen. Because you can see the cemetery that you'll be buried in. You have an idea. Some people even build houses and tombs and, I mean, in preparation. They make their tombstone. They, some people special, prepare special bank accounts for their funeral, for their death, for their burial. Their tombstones say, I want to be buried here. They've marked it. They've booked. But it's not how you go down. It's how you come up. Amen. Are you listening to me today? All right. So, in, in our Christian life, the things that we are going to exercise the spiritual force of hope for are these things. Our resurrection from the dead. Our hope towards heaven. Our hope for the return of our Savior. That's what we use this force for. Now, other things that we use hope for are things that we want to experience in this life. Amen. Things that we want to experience in this life. Now, turn with me to Romans chapter 15. 15. Now, so all other things you can exercise hope for. But hope is not going to benefit you much in terms of things in this world unless it is converted into faith. Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4. Notice, it's a very important verse about hope. It tells you how hope comes. How can you have hope? Hope is a very important thing. Amen. Hope keeps a man alive. Write it down. Hope keeps a man alive. I'll tell you a story if you remind me. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Are you with me? Let's all read together from the beginning. Ready, go. We're written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the television, might have hope. Say it again. Let's read it again. 
that we, through patience and comfort of Ghanaian Chronicle, might have hope. Sorry, sorry, that we, through patience and comfort of CNN, might have hope. In fact, it's the opposite. When you watch CNN, you lose hope. Is it not true? When you watch the television, you lose hope. When you read the news, you lose hope. I mean, you can only lose hope when you, when you hear the things that are going on in this world. Your hope for this world, your hope for, for the future. Your hope, when you see that, when you, when you read the news and you realize that our universities are, are virtually spoiled, you lose hope for your, your children. You wonder which school will they go to. When you, when you read that a giant worms invade the north, you, you lose hope for the future for your tomato price, the price of tomatoes and others are going to change. When you read uh, 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 the, C, the, the CD value of the dollar and you realize, is it still going down? It's going down. You, you lose hope. When you hear the forex rate, you lose hope. Amen. Amen. Uh, when, when you see the corruption that exists after years of colonization and then followed by independence, followed by democracy, followed by uh, house cleaning, followed by democracy again, followed by revolutions, followed by democracy again, and you realize there's still corruption, there's still a downward trend, you begin to lose hope. When you look around and you see, you wonder who tells the truth because all, you see liars telling others to tell the truth and you see liars saying to people, tell the truth, uh, speak the truth and you see people who are telling the truth being told that they are liars. And you, don't, you, you begin to wonder who is telling the truth. <laughs> you see floods in Mozambique and you wonder are, are those floods going to come to Ghana this year? Are we safe in our homes and our houses? You, you, drive, you drive on streets, on, on estates and areas that have been built 30 years ago in this Accra city and have never been paved, have never, been, have never had the privilege of having gravel uh, and tar on them because no member of parliament or no minister of state has come to live in that area before. You lose hope. When you go and build your house in a faraway area, you, you don't have hope. Because when you, you look and you realize that even those who are about 20 miles earlier inside, they don't have. Yeah, you see people demonstrating for water at Adenta. Adenta! Adenta, the home of the elite. The home of the, the, the upper class of Accra. They don't have water. Water, water. You begin to lose hope that if you to go and build your house at, at Bogbolishi, Bolishi, somewhere far away, will you have water? If Adenta, they don't have water, who can have water? Pokwasi, do they have water there? So, when you look at the things out there, you don't have hope. You see planes crashing. Kenya Airways. You, you, begin to, you begin to lose hope. Because, you, I mean, I never used to think twice when I sat on a plane. But these days when I sit on a plane, I say, Lord, I thank you for the day that you have appointed unto me. That unless that day has come, this plane cannot go down. Amen. I remember when we were coming from uh, Colombia, I was sitting with my Spanish interpreter, and we had just heard of the Kenya Airways and Alaskan Airways in two days. And as we were going, the plane went through some shaking like that. And I looked to my level, and he looked, and we started laughing. I said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
When you look at those things, you lose hope. But tonight, today, I want to tell you that there's a great hope that we have in the Word of God. Amen. The Bible says that through the Scriptures, through the Scriptures, we have hope. Through the Scriptures, we have hope. Through the Scriptures, we have hope. And that is what we do in the church. We preach hope to you. We tell you that there is a way. There is a light at the end of the darkness. There is a light coming somewhere. We tell you that at the end of the night, the day will definitely come. We tell you that although it seems difficult today, tomorrow will surely come. Tomorrow will be better than today. We tell you that by the end of the year, God will vindicate you and God will help you. And God will bless you. You find hope when you hear the word of God. You have hope. You know that it shall be well with you. You will one day drive a car. When you, when you, look, at, when you look at your situation now, there's no hope. There's no hope. There can be no hope. How will you ever own a car? How will you ever, how will you ever prosper? How will things ever get better? But when you come to church, we tell you that by the hand of God, by the grace of God, by the power of God, you also, you will drive a car. We tell you that they will salute you. People, when you look at your life, who will salute you in this world? But we tell you to, in the church that they will salute you. People will say, yes, sir, master. They will say, yes, sir. They will say, you are welcome, madam. We say, oh, oh, oh good morning, sir. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout and a cup of praise. By the scriptures, we have hope. Hope keeps a man alive. I said, hope keeps a man alive. An experiment was done with a mouse. I was looking to find the book that I read that thing from to give you the exact figures. But I'll find it by the time I finish this. A, a mouse, it was put in a big container, a little mouse. I told you before. Do you have the, I, did I give you the time? It was put in a little container full of water, tall like that. And the mouse was dropped in the water. And the jar or bucket was put in a dark room without any light at all. Within two minutes or so, the mouse was dead, drowned. This same experiment was done with another mouse, the same type of mouse, same size, weight, shape, health, everything. And they put the mouse in a bucket, the same bucket, same amount of water, and they put the mouse in the same dark room. But this time, they put a small little pinhole of light at the top of the room. So they allowed a little drop of light to come through the dark room. And so the mouse could see the, li the light. And this mouse stayed alive for about three days, swimming, swimming, swimming. Because he saw the hope, that he saw that there was hope, there was, there was hope for the future. That I can come out, there, there can be a way out, possibly, perhaps, maybe, by some chance, by the grace of God, I may come out of it. And the mouse was moving. Hope keeps a man alive. Hope keeps you going. Hope keeps you going. Hope keeps you going when there is no hope. When everything looks like you cannot, that, that's, why, that's why we you see a lot of the preaching we preach gives ministers hope. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's a very, you see, without that hope, you cannot start to exercise faith. That's why we must preach for people to have hope. Many people in this church have hope for prosperity. In the, how, how many of you have got hope for that you will be blessed in this life? 
How many have hope that you will be a car owner and, and you'll be a prosperous person? How many have hope that you'll go to heaven one day? How many have hope that you can live for God in this life? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you are here, you must have hope that it is well with that you. You are a house owner and that in your house you have a garage and in your garage you have one of the latest cars in that garage. But I said, if you look around, I said, if you look around, you will not have that hope. You will have discouragement. Now, the lack of hope is a dangerous condition. In medical... And when you lose hope, you are depressed. And when you are depressed, you need a dose of the word of God. Amen. You need to get a tape. You need to soak in the word. Some of you out there, you are so depressed. Sometimes you, you don't know how can your marriage work. You look at your husband, you look at your wife, and the whole thing is so jammed up and so mixed up and so confused. And you just wonder, how can, I mean, this thing cannot work. Oh, but I want to announce to you, amen, amen. that it is going to work in Jesus' name. Amen. And when you come to church, we'll preach hope to you and you have hope. Genesis 27. Have you found Genesis 27? Now, Genesis 27, we're going to read almost the last verse. Now, verse 43. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother. This was Rebekah. I believe, the Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Isaac, uh, Jacob and uh, Esau. She said she gave her son some bad advice. Well, some advice. Verse 44, tarry with him for a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Until thy brother's anger turn away from thee and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? Verse 46, notice a depressed person's speech. She said, and Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life. I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life be to me? Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? She was depressed and she was weary of her life as soon as you don't you're not interested in life anymore you are depressed because you cannot see a way forward that is when you are you, you you can't see how it can work out but today i want you to know that that thing which you thought cannot work out god will make a way where there's no way. there's no way that's why we sing that song god will make a way where there seems to be no because there are many situations where there seems to be no way and when, when, when you stand and there seems to be no way, you might as well kill yourself. That's what, that's what the devil will tell you. There's no way. You, well, you, are, you are lost. You are down. You are doomed. It's over. Kill yourself. End it all. Why would somebody hang herself? Because there's no hope. Why would somebody kill himself? Because there's no hope. That's depression. And sometimes you, you don't even feel like killing yourself yet, but you feel down, 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 down. And there's no... People can talk to you because it doesn't make you happy. But today, 
I'm showing you the way forward. Amen. Amen. Number two, Jonah. Jonah chapter 4. Quickly, we are are closing. I want to surprise you with somebody who was depressed. And there's somebody who surprised you that the man was depressed. Jonah chapter 4. Quickly, quickly, please. Verse 8. And it came to pass as the sun did arise that God prepared the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die. And he said, it is better for me to die. It is better for me to die than to live. Amen. When a person says that it's better to die, why is it better to die? Is there not hope for this life? It is not better to die. It is better to live. If you are hearing me wherever you are listening, it is better to live. Hear the word of the Lord. It is better to live. It is better to live. And your life will be better from today. I said, your life will be better from today. When I say something like that, you must all say, Amen. I said, it is, it is better for you to live. And you shall live from today. No, say, Amen. It is better for you to live. And you shall live. You shall prosper. You will go forward. You will be above only. God will make your face shine. That's right. Better. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Come on now. You must know how to collect blessings. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Solomon. The richest man on this earth. I read recently an article about one of the richest Rocky Fella or somebody like that. He said, and I don't know whether it's Rocky Fella, somebody who was very rich anyway. He said, I had a lot of money, a lot of wealth, but it brought me no happiness. Wow. You see, the Bible teaches in Luke chapter 12 verse 15 that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. It is not the things you have that make you happy. If the things you have both going to make you happy, then the people in the Western world should be the happiest people. But they are not. There are many happier people in Ghana than the people in America and in Switzerland. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, chapter 2. Oh, oh, oh. Let's read verse 15. Then I said in my heart, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. Why was I then more wise? (laughs) Then I said in my heart, this is also vanity. Oh, you see, he was analyzing things. He realized that good people, wise people were dying just like foolish people. (laughs) Amen. Bad things were happening to wise people and bad things were happening to foolish people. And he thought about that, why am I wise? What's the use of my wisdom? He was becoming depressed. When you start thinking certain thoughts, Lay hands on the person next to you. Tell the person, be loose of depression right now. Lay hands. Amen. Somebody's being loose right now of depression in Jesus' name. Don't think, you see, when you start thinking in a certain way, what is the use of this? What is the use of my this? My me cry, there's no use. Me cry, there's no. 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 Be loose. You are alive from today. Oh, I said you are alive from today. It is getting better from today. Verse 16. 
For there is no remembrance of the wise more than the fool forever. <laughs> Seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. In other words, everything will be forgotten. When General Achampong was ruling Ghana, he was the most important. But many of you don't even know who he was. When you say General Akufu, you, some of you don't know who he was. When you say Afrifa, there was a time that Afrifa was the most important person. There was a time that General Ankara was the most important person. But many of you don't know. Many of you have seen only one president all your life. From the time that you arrived and you realized, you realized that there was only one person in that place. You don't know anybody else. Because it's been 20 years now. <laughs> so, so it, and you realize that ah, somebody was so important. Now he's not even thought of all. You, you have to go and set through archive to find out his name and what he did in this world. Oh! So Solomon was realized that he was so wild and he was soon going to be nobody. Forgotten. I read that President Clinton was walking through the White House and he was, you know, feeling a bit sad that he's going to leave the place soon and he's, doing, he, he's soon going to be nobody. We will be hearing another name, President XYZ. Not President Clinton. He will become history. We will be reading about him. For there is no remembrance of the wise man more than a fool forever. Seeing that which is now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dies the wise man? How does the wise man die? Ask the fool. <laughs> How does the wise man die? As the fool. Oh God. Then verse 17. Therefore I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun. Because I shall leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? <laughs> you see, he was becoming depressed. You see, as you grow, you realize all that you have acquired and you have achieved is useless. You become nothing and you leave all behind. When you start thinking in that way, you can become depressed. And, and that is what can make some... See, instead of becoming depressed, it rather make you do the work of God. Oh, yeah. It should rather make you be wise. Say, aha. Uh -huh. So what is it? Because it's true. What the man is saying is true. You will live all. How does a wise man die? As a fool dies. It's the same way. You just also die the same way. Oh, you may be wise, but you will die as a fool dies. You just die. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. They just turn to chapter 4, verse 1. So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors there was power, but they had no comforter. Wherefore I praise the dead. <laughs> <laughs> which are already dead more than the living which are alive oh huh? when you start praising the dead you start congratulating them for being no more out of this hassle it means you are depressed but today is the last day of your depression yeah. oh I said today is the last day of your depression 
Today is the day of your revival. There is hope for you. An unbeliever has no hope, but you have hope. I see God blessing you in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet and let's close. Give the Lord a clap. How many want to learn more about faith, hope, and love? Lift up your hands to the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. your hand and thank the Lord that it's well with your soul. It is well with you in your home. It is well with you in your house. It is well with you in your family. It is well with you spiritually. It is well with you financially. It shall be well with you because God is with you. God is on your side. God knows about your situation. God is blessing and increasing you. God is strengthening you. God is taking you forward. God is alive. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive. He is on your side. The Bible says with God all things are possible. Yea, with man it is not possible. But with God all things are possible. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. In the name of Jesus. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.